You're listening to Give Your Life Away, a devotional podcast from Canyon Bible Church of Prescott designed to equip you with the truth of God's Word and encourage you in the pursuit of ascribing glory to Jesus Christ. As we read through the prophets this year, you're going to notice they fall into three categories. First, there are the pre-exilic prophets. These are the prophets that prophesy prior to the Babylonian exile. Most of the minor prophets will fall into this category, the pre-exilic prophets. It's important to understand that the Old Testament doesn't lay out the prophets chronologically. So Isaiah was a pre-exilic prophet. That was the first prophet we read. But Habakkuk later on is also a pre-exilic prophet. And there will be more. As you've noticed, Jeremiah, the book that we've just read, is an exilic prophet. He prophesies just prior to the Babylonian invasion, but most of his prophecies come during the time of the exile. That's why he's considered to be an exilic prophet. He personally, Jeremiah, was most was mostly in Jerusalem during the time of his prophecy, during the time of the exile. He was there with the remnant of people that remained in Jerusalem, and he was there by order of the Lord to prophesy to that group of people. Our next book, Ezekiel, is also an exilic prophet. Now, what differentiates Ezekiel with Jeremiah is that Ezekiel was in Babylon prophesying to God's people there. The final category is obvious by now. It's the post-exilic prophets. So these are the prophets, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. They'll prophesy after the exiles return back to Jerusalem. But as we begin to read the prophecy given by Ezekiel, let's make sure that we understand the main point of his prophecy, what the Lord intends him to communicate to the people that are in Babylon. You could say that the main point is really twofold. There are, you can think of it as two sides of the same coin. On one side, you have this pro- these prophecies about the defeat of God's enemies. The, the coming day of the Lord, the judgment on the Lord's enemies is prophesied in this book. Specifically speaking, we're obviously talking about the Babylonians. These enemies of God will be defeated. On the other side of the coin, you can imagine that the the other side of the prophecy will be the freedom of God's people again or, or their restoration again. So their enemies will be judged and therefore they will go free. Really two sides of the same coin. They will be changed, the people of God, as they look forward to a time in the future uh, of God blessing them again. God shows the people through Ezekiel that it's important for this exile to happen to them so that they can be changed from the inside out. Now remember, the reason for the exile isn't primarily Babylon. So the reason they're in captivity isn't because Babylon is so powerful. That's not the the ultimate reason. That is certainly a reason, a lesser reason. But really, the big reason is their own corruption. God was using the Babylonians to discipline his people. So God's sovereignty is over all of this. And it's not just that the Babylonians were strong. It's that God's people were wicked. So the reason for their exile is their own corruption. That's why Ezekiel chapter 37 is so encouraging and so awesome. In Ezekiel chapter 37, we have the famous prophecy of the dry bones. These dry bones are given flesh and muscles turned into living people. You see their, their, the, the fact that life is breathed into them. The bones uh, start to grow, body tissue and, and muscles, and they grow and they become 
living people again. This is a prophecy that Ezekiel was speaking to the people of God so that they would know God is going to give this people new life again. In this amazing chapter, chapter 37, we learn that God himself is the one who will breathe life into his people. They've been dead, but he will make them alive. As you read through this book, you'll see that living peaceably in the presence of God is what we should all desire. It's what we should all desire all the time. Early in the book, you'll notice that the glory of God is said to have departed from the temple. The people went through the motions of religious worship. This is what got them into trouble with God. And God, in a sense, while the people engaged in sin and idolatry, even in the temple of God, God himself left the temple. His glory departed. That's that's a signal that God did not approve of his people, and he was not going to be there to bless them and to care for them. So you're going to learn that living in God's presence is something that should be desired. And when you sin, when you're actively engaged in sin, there is not a communion with God himself. Later on in the book, in chapters 40 through 48, you'll read, you'll read about dimensions of a temple. And it might not seem like the most entertaining thing in the world, but consider this. God is prophesying to a people that have falsely worshipped him, sinfully gone through the motions of worship, He's prophesying to this group of people, and he's talking to them about a new temple. Well, what what took place in temples? Worship. Who was in the temple? God himself. He had left the temple earlier. That's why Jerusalem fell. Their temple fell. But he's prophesying about a day when he will build a new temple. This is God saying, I will one day be among you, dwelling among you. You will be right with me. We will live together. I will approve of you. My glory will be with you. You will be secure. You will be approved of. You will live peaceably. You will worship peacefully in my temple with me. This is amazing. Evidently, God is going to see to it that he has a home with his people again. So as is our practice when reading the Old Testament, trace the sins of the people back to your own heart. Where are the sins of the people in exile, where are those things true in your heart, in your life? Confess them, admit them, repent of them. Give your heart to the Lord in obedience. When he commands something of the heart, obey it from the heart. Give him worship, give him honor, and look for his salvation. Salvation is always from the Lord. In Ezekiel 37, you'll realize that the breath of God breathes life into the people of God. In the New Testament, you learn the same thing is true. You, you, you must be born again, Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3. And surprise, surprise, Jesus then talks about the Spirit of God blowing like a wind. It blows where it blows. It goes where it goes. The Spirit of God goes where it goes, sovereignly planned by God to give life to dead people. This was true in Ezekiel. It's true in John 3. It's true today in this world. God is the author of salvation, and he makes alive by the power of his Spirit. Salvation is always from the Lord. It's never earned, and it's always to be received as a gift of his grace. If you've been encouraged by the Give Your Life Away podcast, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, you'll find us online at canyonprescott.org. Thanks for listening. Join us next time 
for Give Your Life Away. We are alive.